We're going to talk about what is culture. Uh, fathers and culture in the home. Fathers and building uh, godly culture within the home. And fathers and family culture. God has made man the head of the home. And so therefore he is responsible for the culture within that home. So first of all, I want us to give consideration to just merely what is culture. I'll give you a short definition as we get into this and then kind of explain it and how it applies spiritually as we go along. Culture oftentimes is kind of a broad term which includes social behavior and norms or habits found in human groups and in society. Now, those habits, those norms, those beliefs found within those different social social groups are sometimes reflected in art, in music, maybe in the way you dress, maybe in the food that you eat. So as we think about culture sort of on a worldwide scale, we might talk about different kind of cultures and we might say, well, you know, there's a French culture, there's an Indian culture, there's an African culture. And even within this country in which we live, we might say, well, there's a northeastern culture, there's a southwestern culture, there's a west coast culture, there's a midwest culture. And we think about the people within those social groups And we think about their habits, their norms, their beliefs, their dress, their music, their art, and all these kinds of things. But I want to suggest to you that also, culture is formed within homes. And it can be different from one home to the next. And so, we as dads have to think about the kind of culture that develops within our home. And as dads, thinking about developing that culture within our home. I want to give you this illustration. A lot of dads probably know this name. Some women probably know this name too. You ever heard of Urban Meyer? Head football coach, Ohio State. One of the winningest programs in the country. Now I want you to listen to what Urban Meyer has to say about building a successful team. First of all, he says, schemes are overrated. (laughs) And what he means by that is, you know, there are some teams that want to throw the ball all the time. There are some teams that want to run the ball all the time. There are some teams that want to really focus on building a iron curtain type of defense. We may not score many points, but we're going to have the kind of defense where you're not going to score any points and we will beat you. <laughs> he says those are schemes. He says schemes are overrated. He said, you want to know what's important in building a successful team? He said it's people or players and culture." that's what's important. He said, because I can show you teams that run the same scheme. And some of those teams will be very successful. And another team running exactly the same scheme can't win. 
And he said, you want to know the difference? It's players and it's culture. And culture has to do with the beliefs, the habits, the norms within that group. How does the coach see his players? How do the players see their coach? How do the players see one another? How do the players see themselves? He said it's culture. He said that's what makes a difference in a winning program. So as we move forward, and as we think about making the spiritual application, what I want you to think about is this. On a football team, (laughs) you have a general manager, and then you have a head coach. The general manager is responsible for seeing that the head coach has everything that he needs. All the supplies, all the players, all these kinds of things has everything. And then it's the head coach's job to take what he has been supplied with and then build the culture. Can you be successful with what you have been given? So culture should be thought of this way. What are you making out of what you've been given? And so dads, fathers, what has God given you? And then what are you making out of it? How are you developing it? So first of all, fathers and culture in the home. Just like the head coach... (laughs) You're the one that is going to determine and direct the culture within that home. Now listen, you're going to be the one who determines or assigns value to things. You will assign value to things. You will assign value to activities or habits. And you will assign value to people within that home. And as you think about that, where you place the most value will be reflected in the culture of that home. Is it things that you value most? Is it activities that you value most? Or is it people in your home that you value most? Your value system will help to determine the culture of that home. I want you to think with me for just a moment and turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to take a look at Psalms 127, and we're going to close this morning with Psalms 128. But I want you to notice, first of all, from the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2. And I want to read to you verses 15 through 18, because from the very beginning, the Bible makes it clear that... The man is responsible. God has made the man head over the home. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable for him. You look at those verses, and it's God taking the man. It's God taking the man and placing him in the garden. That's that first home. And then God gives direction to that man. And then it's after that that he makes him a helper suitable for him. Now we know the story that follows. And how it's Satan that comes into the garden. And how it's Satan that tempts Eve. And how it's Eve that eats first. But then she takes and she gives to her husband who is with her and he eats. I want you to notice from Genesis, the third chapter. After they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they heard God come walking in the garden. And they hide themselves. In Genesis 3 and verse 8, it says, Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you, Adam? Isn't that interesting? Just a few verses before that. Who was it that was tempted? Who was it ate first? Yet when the Lord comes in the garden, He says, Adam, where are you? Adam was the one that was responsible for that home. God will deal with each one of them. According to the transgression. But God had taken Adam and placed him in that garden. God had given that command to Adam. The way in which Eve knew is because Adam had told her. And yet, when Satan tempted Eve, Adam stood there and he watched. And not only did he watch, then he went along with it. And so when God comes in the garden, he says, Adam, where are you? Adam was made the head of the home. He was going to be responsible for what takes place in that home. Now we can talk a lot more from the New Testament. We can talk about Ephesians 5. And now the man is the head over the woman. The woman is to be in submission to reverence her, respect her husband. I'm going to leave it right there for now just so that we understand it's man that was made the head of the home. So then fathers, you should be the one who is leading and building godly culture within the home. Now I want you to take a look at Psalms 127 chapter and this is where we're going to spend most of our time. Psalms 127 and verses 1 and 2. 
And what I want us to see is that from the very beginning, as the psalmist is writing this, what he is setting forth is this concept, this idea that there should be this trust in God. And how is the home marked? What kind of culture is developing in the home? Is it the kind of culture that shows that the man realizes his position, his dependence upon God and his trust in God? Psalms 127 and verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. So what the psalmist is saying is, is the culture in your home, is it marked by trusting God? Unless the Lord builds. Unless the Lord builds. Unless the Lord guards. And then it's vain for you to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. You know why people do that? (laughs) You know why men do that? Because they think it depends totally upon them. And how does he close verse 2? He says he gives his beloved sleep. In other words, if you're trusting in the Lord, at the end of the day, you'll be able to lie down and go to sleep. Because you know the prosperity depends upon him. Now before we go any further in this psalm, I want you to notice the superscription is sometimes uh, referred to. In Psalms 127, the heading says, Laboring and Prospering with the Lord. But then it says, A Song of Ascents. You know what that means? It's as you approach Jerusalem. As you're going up to the temple. Because all males were required to come to Jerusalem at certain times of the year. And oftentimes when they were coming, they were bringing their families with them. And as they approached Jerusalem, as they approached the temple and so forth, as they were coming to the city, the psalmist says, this is a song of ascents. In other words, as you're going up, let's sing. And the man is traveling with his family. And we're reaching Jerusalem. We're getting close. Let's sing. So I want to ask you a question. Do you think back during that period in time that it was all that much different than it is today? It's time to go to Jerusalem. It's time to go to worship. Woman? Get them kids ready. (laughs) And they're going up to Jerusalem. Are they singing? I think there were some that were singing. But there might have been some others that weren't singing. Some were looking forward. Some men had that relationship with the Lord. 
<laughs> and so as they're approaching, he might encourage his family to sing. This is a joyous occasion. And that's what the psalmist is saying. This is a song of ascent. So I'm going to ask you something so that we can make the application. What's the culture in your home on Sunday morning? Are you singing? <laughs> or do you listen to songs? In other words, are you preparing to go up to the Lord's house and worship Him? See, culture has to do with habits, practices, norms within social groups. What's the habit? What's the practice? What's the norm in our homes on Sunday morning when we're getting ready to go to worship the Lord? And so that's what the psalmist is saying. It's like, sing. This is a joyous occasion. Now, in Psalms 127 and verse 2, I want us to now notice kind of the contracts. He said, unless the Lord builds, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards, the watchman stays awake in vain. And it is vain for you to rise up early and stay up late. He gives his beloved sleep. Is that the way it is? In your home? I recognize, is what he's saying, unless the Lord gives prosperity, unless the Lord builds, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord gods, guards, gives protection, they watch in vain. He gives his beloved sleep. That's the person who's trusting in the Lord. So you can go from house to house, from home to home, just like you can go to different regions within this country, and you can sense the culture within that home. And what he's saying is, is it recognized within that home that we're going to be successful in building because the Lord will allow it? I'm going to be successful in protecting this home because it's the Lord that's watching over it, and I recognize that. But the psalmist is also saying that those things can be done in such a way as that they become vain. So what's that mean? What that means is, you know, if this house is ever going to be successful, it's all up to me. If this family is going to be protected, it's all up to me. And the only way we're going to ever prosper is I'm going to have to rise up early. I'm going to have to stay up late. And it's all going to be dependent upon me. And the psalmist is saying, is that the way it is? That's not the way it should be. See, James talks about that also, doesn't he? Because James says, whenever you say, Today or tomorrow we may go here or there and we shall buy and sell and trade and prosper. James says, no, what you ought to say is if the Lord allows, then you will do such and such. 
You know what we've got to come to understand about that is? Is that sometimes men may say, I'm a self-made man. You ever heard that? I'm a self-made man. And you know, there may be people who are very prosperous. They may do very well. And they don't even recognize the Lord. You know how that becomes vain? It's like this. Those things can be taken away. Think about recently. What happened with the coronavirus? There's nothing any bigger than the American economy, is there? There's nothing that brings any more fame than Hollywood. And celebrity status and something to be looked up to. And what happens in homes a lot of times. And what do we chase after with our kids from a very early age? Sports. Now I want you to think about that. The American economy, Hollywood, and professional sports were all brought to their knees by one virus. Weren't they? Yeah. So where's your trust? And that's what the psalmist is saying. Those things can be taken away. And you know what else on top of that? See, Luke the 12th chapter makes it plain why we shouldn't put our trust in things. Because that's the story of the rich farmer. And he said, I have much goods and I shall tear down my barns and build bigger ones and I shall lay up those things and I'm going to tell myself, eat, drink and be merry because I got plenty for many years to come. And the Lord breaks in and says, thou fool, this very night your life shall be required of you. Things can be taken away. Life can be taken away. And what the psalmist is trying to get us to see is don't ever forget where your trust should be. It should be in the Lord. The coronavirus cannot take the three that abide. There are three. Faith, hope, and love. And you know the coronavirus can't touch any one of those? Coronavirus can't take my faith. Coronavirus can't take my love for the Lord. Coronavirus can't take my hope. It can take away things. It can take away my life. And it can't take away those three. So the psalmist wants us to understand where our trust should be. And that's what verse 2 is all about. (laughs) Are you rising up early? Are you staying up late? I want you to know he gives his beloved sleep if your trust is in the Lord. So as we've said before, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but guess what? (laughs) I know who holds tomorrow. 
So fathers and family culture. I want you to notice now verses 3 through 5 because there's a distinct shift after verse 2. Verses 1 and 2 are focusing in on building and on guarding and the attitude of the one who is setting the culture within that home. Now in verse 3, the shift is going to go on to people, those within that home. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Some translations say he shall not be ashamed when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. See, what he's saying is, how do you view the people that are in that home? Are children seen as a blessing? Or are they seen as a burden? And let me say this. The psalmist wants those children to be seen as a blessing. And for dads, for fathers, the way you see your children will have a great deal of influence on the way they see themselves. He says they are a heritage. Some say an inheritance. A blessing from the Lord. Now that's the next point that we need to understand. Those who have young children, those who have had young children, did you ever have anybody babysit your kids? And did you just drop those kids off to anybody? Generally speaking, we're pretty concerned about who we leave our kids with, aren't we? And we want them to be taken good care of. And if anybody ever trusts us to watch over their kids, we feel a certain responsibility for them, don't we? And so the psalmist is saying, children are a heritage from the Lord. So the first thing you got to understand is this. In reality, spiritually speaking, those aren't your kids. You know whose they are? They're God's. He just allows us to watch over him for a while. So what he's saying is, how do you feel? Are they on loan from God? They are a heritage. They're a gift, they're a reward. And he's saying that's the way they should be viewed. 
and in the context. Now here's the neat thing <laughs> that you have to pick up on, on his language. If they're viewed properly and if they're treated pop properly, they are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. What's that mean? Arrows are for protection. So in the context, what he is saying is that when children are properly viewed and when children are properly treated, they'll be tethered to their parents. That's what he's saying. They'll be attached to them. And they will become like arrows. And arrows were used for protection. As someone said as I was preparing for this, <laughs> they said this was the original elder care program right here. <laughs> In your old age, it's those kids that are going to look out for you. But a lot of that depends on the kind of culture that was in the home when they were growing up. If they're viewed, if they're treated as a blessing, they will become like arrows. You protect, and then later they will protect. In verse 5, he says, Happy is the man whose quiver is full of them, they shall not, he shall not be ashamed when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. First of all, he says, I want to clarify this. <laughs> he says, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Sometimes we think about, oh, we'll just have, you know, the more kids you have, the happier you'll be. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily fall. <laughs> you have to base that upon the context there. So it's not just multiplying children but really the focus is on how those children however many it is that you might have that God has given you have you counted them as a blessing and what's the culture in the home and if they've been treated the way the Lord wants them to be treated if they've been viewed that way then they will become protection. So how should the culture in the home be marked based upon what the psalmist says? Well, it should go something like this. The culture in that home should be marked by a man who recognizes his position. Because even as Brian and I were talking this morning before the lesson, we were kind of talking about this. How many homes now are there in this in this country where that position has just been abandoned and the father is not there? So it should be marked by a man who recognizes the position that God has given him and the responsibility that goes with it. But it also should be marked by a man who recognizes his dependence and trust in God. God, you have given me these things. How would you have me? 
watch over what you've given me. It should be marked by a man who sees his family, his wife, his children, not as a burden, but as a blessing from God. It should be marked by a man who sings and rejoices when he has the privilege of going up to the Lord's house to worship. This is a blessing, family. And it'll be marked, if he does that, by a man whose children will stand with him in the city gates. It's also recognized that within this psalm, there's nothing that is really said about wealth and social position. And there's a reason for that, I believe. Because those aren't the things that will guarantee that a man is successful in developing a culture and within his home. Those aren't the things that will guarantee that his children will be tethered to him when he gets old. It depends on the culture that he, he develops. And let me say this before I forget. Sometimes, a lot of times, we as men, we want to do it our way, right? And then sometimes God is gracious and, and uh, we come to understand where we've missed it. So let me say this. It is never too late to do the right thing. It is never too late to do the right thing. So this family should be marked by a man who recognizes his relationship to God and his dependence upon him. It should be marked by a man who recognizes the blessings of a wife and his children and he pours his life into them, willing to sacrifice for them, willing to discipline because sometimes we are And to train them in godliness. And it should be marked by a man who will defend his home. That was the breakdown in the garden. Adam didn't defend it. So culture, once again, is what we make out of what God has given us. So when we think about culture, what is it and how does that apply in the home? And when we think about culture, we think about the man's responsibility. And when we think about culture, we think about man and how he views his wife, his children, and his family. And we think about the dependence upon God. I want to read Psalms 128 to you very quickly. Psalms 127 and 128 complement one another. Psalms 127 helps us to understand and develop the culture within the home. Psalms 128 tells us the blessings of following the instructions from Psalms 127. So I want to read Psalms 128 and then just quickly work down through it. Psalm 28 and verse 1. This also is a psalm of ascent. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. 
When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. (coughs) Behold, thus the man shall be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Verse 1 and 2. Blessed is everyone, blessed is every man, walking in his ways. You shall eat the labor of your hands and be happy. It will be well with you. Verse 3 and 4. Your wife, like a fruitful vine, and children, like olive plants. You know what that means? Sometimes we read that and we say, well, the wife is like a fruit, fruitful vine. And we just think about bearing children. And what he is saying is, the wife, like a fruitful vine, is a blessing to that home. That's what he's saying. And she needs to be recognized, appreciated, in all the ways she brings blessings to that home like a fruitful vine. And then he says, your children will be like olive plants. Now we need to understand that also. (laughs) Olive plants require some care. And they require some cultivation and some nurturing. And so it takes work. But you know what happens after an olive plant becomes mature? It produces fruit for many years to come. And that's what he's saying. You need to see your wife as a fruitful vine. You need to see your children as olive plants. It's going to take some work, but it's well worth it. And then in verse 5 and 6, The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. There's a progression that needs to be seen there. He said, the Lord bless you out of Zion. First of all, recognize your relationship with God and where those blessings come from. The Lord bless you out of Zion and may you see the good of Jerusalem. You know what that's saying? You and your family can be a blessing to Jerusalem. And then he's going to close by saying, and peace be upon Israel. When man recognizes his dependence and his trust in God, and when he recognizes where his blessings come from, it's a blessing to him. And then when he sees what God has blessed us with in family, in wife, and in children, and he develops the kind of culture that God wants him to develop within that home, it's a blessing on that family. And Jerusalem, that's just the community. You want to know how you bless the community? It's one family at a time. 
You want to know how to bless a nation? One family at a time. It's the individual, it's the family, it's the community, it's the nation. That's what he's saying. Culture matters. But it starts with the individual and the one who's given the responsibility to be head over that home and to develop that within the family. And that becomes a blessing to the community and ultimately to the nation. Fathers and culture within the home. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> I want to extend the invitation this morning to any and all that are here. If you've never rendered obedience under the gospel of Christ, we would encourage you to do that this very day, your relationship first with the Lord. And if there's any here that needs to make their relationship right and come back to Him and make those corrections, we want to help you in any way we can. The invitation is yours while together we stand and while we sing. <laughs>